Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. This podcast is sponsored by TheraWorks Relief. Many of you get sore, achy legs from standing all day or get asked about painful foot and leg cramps. If so, you're going to want to hear about TheraWorks Relief, a clinically proven topical foam that prevents and relieves muscle cramps and soreness. Learn more at theraworksrelief.com. In this episode, we talk with Samford Pharmacy Professor Dr. Roger Lander about pharmacist burnout. Dr. Lander is an expert in ambulatory care and has helped to share pharmacy best practices around the world. There has been a lot of talk about physician burnout with some research. Pharmacist burnout is well known across the profession but is not as readily identified. This episode shares some of the symptoms and strategies for dealing with burnout. Okay, so today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, Roger Lander, who is a professor of pharmacy practice at Sanford University in the McWhorter School of Pharmacy. Roger describes himself as a faculty member in a teaching intensive college of pharmacy with a particular interest in improving the skill set of clinical pharmacists from other countries around the world. Roger, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Well, thank you, Hillary. Good morning to everyone. Well, now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in some gaps from that intro and maybe share a little bit about your personal life. Okay. Well, uh, I have uh, I've been a pharmacist now for uh, 38 years, uh, just uh, and I have been at Sanford University for 32 years of that time, uh, just finished 32 years, and uh the, uh, and, and in my bio, it mentions that I enjoy uh, improving the skills of pharmacists around the world and other countries. And that's probably one of the highlights of my career has actually been my uh, involvement internationally. Uh, I've done a fair bit of traveling throughout uh, Asia and have uh, actually helped uh, or founded an organization uh, that now has a meeting in one of the countries in Asia. It's called the Asian Conference on Clinical Pharmacy. And they typically have 1,000 to 1,500 pharmacists that get together once a year. And the whole idea of starting that group was to allow them to have a venue where they could uh, meet and discuss uh, things that were common to all of the different countries and ways to approach uh, those uh, situations and to try to improve that. And so I feel like, and, and many pharmacists around the U.S. Uh, have actually participated in that over the last 20 uh, plus years. So, uh, so that is, that's probably been one of the highlights. Um, I, uh, I'm actually, I'm, ma- I'm married to a pharmacist who works in uh, community practice, and I have uh, three children uh, who uh, are all grown now, so I'm at the age that I'm an empty nester, so uh, just live in the house with my, my wife and I, and I always look forward to traveling. 
Well, that is fascinating. So I love that that you're a traveler because something that I always like to do when I go to other countries is see what the pharmacy is like. So I love that that you've um, kind of uh, made that part of um, some of an important part of your work is going around and being able to um, create ways for pharmacists to be able to connect uh, with others and share about that because pharmacy practice is different um, in other parts of the world. And uh, I don't know if other people like to do that, but I always like to go into pharmacies and um, just see what they're like, what's over the counter, what's not. Um, and so that's a really neat thing. Yeah, that's one of the interesting things about uh, doing the traveling is you get to see what the different practices are like. And uh, and it's interesting in that uh, one of the things I've always tried to do is to uh, encourage the people from those other countries to interact with each other and share with each other. Uh, you know, we can, and they all, they they generally look up to the United States as sort of the best model. Uh, but it's interesting that everywhere you go, there are little things that in the differences that can be applied anywhere. So, uh, you know, even bringing some of those ideas back home to the U.S. has, has been interesting. So, um, so it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity. Absolutely. Well, uh, I, I wanted to chat with you today about um, pharmacist burnout. So I had seen an article that you had written uh, that was published uh, about that topic and uh, wanted to reach out. So I know there's been a lot of talk and uh, publication about physician burnout, uh, and there's been some research. And we all know that pharmacists burnout is uh, well known across our profession, but maybe it hasn't been as readily identified outside of the pharmacy profession. Um, so maybe first, can you tell us what burnout is? Well, burnout is really kind of a term that's used to uh, apply to, I really think of it as the stress that results because of the professional activity of the of the person in this case, uh, pharmacist, and so it it really kind of you know uh, lots of people say well good stress is good and bad stress is bad, and so uh, and that's really kind of the the first signs of it is really figuring out uh, we're all under stress, and of course that helps us to be in some ways productive and and do our. Uh, work, uh, but when the stress gets to the point that you feel like you're not able to handle it, or you, uh, or you really don't know how how to go about handling it and dealing with it, uh, that's kind of I think the first symptom of burnout. Uh, and from that point, then it can really go as a, as the studies have shown. All, all the way kind of down the spectrum from there to uh, anxiety, uh, impact on the person's uh, own physical and mental health, uh, all the way to what uh, I've seen in a few 
very unfortunate circumstances where a person uh, actually ends up being uh, committing suicide uh, because of the the impact of the stress uh, on the on all of their life. So so it's really to me it's a spectrum all the way from that initial sort of uh, difficult uh, handling of the stress all the way to to the full manifestations of many different mental and physical illnesses. Yeah, that, well, thanks for sharing a little bit more about that. Um, I saw an interesting stat that uh, burnout is affecting more than 50% of practicing physicians, and they're calling that a public health crisis. Um, and so one of the definitions that I'd seen was it's a syndrome of depersonalization, emotional exhaustion, and decreased efficacy. Um, so along those lines, what are maybe some of the, you know, first telltale symptoms that, you know, we need to start watching for if people are on the road? Towards yeah, burnout. I think it's really when a person, and you mentioned that word depersonalization, and that's, you know, from a from a professional healthcare standpoint, uh, that's that's one of the signs. Obviously, is when we really begin to feel as a pharmacist that we either are not being helpful to other people, or that the weight of the job is coming down on us such that we don't feel like we can enjoy what we're doing. Uh, and I think that's, you know, it's, it's very similar to other healthcare professionals as well because of that. Um, and so I think, and I think the difficulty is actually that we probably in the past have not done a good job of actually like getting that out in the open and discussing it with people and talking about it. So, you know, as a faculty member, like in my example with students, is we have to help students realize that that kind of, you know, you're going to enter those periods of time where that stress has that tendency to do that to you and uh, that you have to recognize that and you have to say, well, I need to, you know, back up a little bit. I need to take some time off. I need to relax. I need to find other outlets to deal with this. Uh, but that it's kind of okay that I feel this way, that that's not because, uh, that that's not, you know, doesn't make them strange or unusual or an uncaring person uh, because they've begun to feel some of those feelings. And I think that's part of it is that, uh, you know, whether it's societal or just, you know, within our own profession, we have to point out to people that this is a normal reaction in today's healthcare system. And so we need those mechanisms to be able to deal with that rather than uh, trying to sort of push it under the rug. Because, uh, Hillary, I really think that's when the person really kind of begins to get into a problem is when they think, well, this is happening to me because there's something wrong with me. I'm unusual or whatever. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's helpful in sharing um, more about. 
some of the work that needs to be uh, done about destigmatizing, you know, burnout because it, it kind of goes a little bit of hand in hand with, um, you know, mental health is a big, um, you know, kind of uh, area right now. And um, we're really working on destigmatizing that and being able to just talk about it so that, um, you know, one in five Americans may have some type of, of mental health condition, whether that's just anxiety or um, depression um, at any one point in their life. And so I think just being able to say um, that, you know, that might happen and here are some strategies to, you know, help prevent burnout would be helpful. Um, so Roger, in your work, have you seen, if, are there any specific areas of pharmacy practice that may be more common with, with burnout? Well, uh, I, first of all, I think it can happen to anyone. And so I believe that it, it does happen across the spectrum of uh, different areas. I think perhaps because of the kind of the continuous um, busyness, I would say, of the community practitioners, uh, it may be a little more common in that setting, uh, but I think it occurs in, in all of them. I think that's because we all, or most all pharmacists, not everyone certainly, but most all pharmacists uh, deal with with people and patients. And I think that's part of the key to it. And, and I think that's really one of the things, obviously, that's shared across uh, the other with the other health professions as well. So, Right. Well, Roger, are, uh, could you share maybe some strategies that pharmacists might be able to, to use to help prevent burnout? And then are there any strategies that maybe we could engage uh, employers uh, to help with uh, in re- helping to yeah, reduce so burnout? Yeah, so I think that, you know, that's, you, you mentioned actually there uh, an important point. Um, I think that for the individuals, uh, learning about burnout. And I think that's something that, of course, we need more of is a better understanding of uh, the things that cause it and then looking scientifically at uh, what things can help it and what activities can help it. Because I think it's mostly activity-based uh, things that will deal with it. So, uh, talking about it with other people in our own profession and other professions, uh, recog- therefore, you know, recognizing that it's there and that it can happen to us. Uh, traditional kinds of stress relief techniques, you know, and that might be different for different people. You know, it might be uh, yoga for someone. It might be meditation for someone. It might be uh, getting more rest for other people. Uh, but I think uh, a big part of it is actually getting it out and talking about it with other people in a similar circumstance. And so uh, a lot of the associations are talking about, you know, support group kinds of mechanisms or bulletin boards where people can, uh, you know, 
find, connect with other people uh, that uh, have the situation. Uh, those are all things that can be done to uh, try to help the individual. Uh, and I think from an employer standpoint, first of all, you know, and I think we're beginning to do this, I think nationally, and, and, and you mentioned like my article was written as a group of three uh, in the American Pharmacist Association Journal, and that was really to represent, one of them was written by a couple of pharmacy students to represent students' perspective. One of them was written by a, a practitioner, and then mine was to represent kind of the scientific community part of the American Pharmacist Association. And so, and that was a result of this topic being discussed at this most recent annual meeting. And I know uh, the uh, American Society of Health System Pharmacists, for example, uh, at the upcoming mid-year meeting, uh, there's a session on uh, burnout and resiliency. And so I think both the national organizations as well as different employers, uh, just, you know, a health system or a large chain, uh, giving employees a venue to discuss that with other people, maybe again through, uh, you know, connections on the internet or at district or regional meetings uh, where the pharmacists are, uh, putting things out in newsletters uh, to their employers. Uh, and even, you know, employee assistance kinds of things as a, as a health care uh, benefit for those workers. I think we all have to address that because we've got to, I, I believe that when we, when we get to the point where we've got enough data, kind of as you mentioned, we're going to see that this is much more common in healthcare professions than either what we've thought it was in the past uh, or even what it is in the general public. Sure, definitely. Well, that, that was a lot of great information there. And, you know, talking about data, I think that once we can, I've seen uh, actually the New England Journal of Medicine has a, a, a section called NEJM Catalyst, and so it's got more of the innovative um, side of things, and they'll put out weekly emails, and um, they did a roundtable report on this topic, and um, we're talking about how measuring key indicators is needed so that we can um, really track improvement on uh, burnout, and then it's got to require a, a comprehensive strategy. So, you know, looking at it from the system or enterprise level to departmental, all right. the way down to the to the individual, as you mentioned. Um, so, uh, Roger, you've been practicing for a good while. How do you stay current about what's going on in healthcare, and more specifically well, within the I pharmacy actually, field? Um, you know, it's been interesting over my career. So I've obviously come from the from the old days of paper to the electronic age here with the computer. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I think it's interesting in order to try to keep up, what I do is use a lot of online indexing resources and listservs. 
And so I belong to several of those or subscribe to several of those in the areas of my interest. Uh, the other thing I think, and it, and it sort of goes along with this burnout topic, is that uh, I've, I've lived through a time when, as a pharmacist, you sort of started out, I did as a young, younger pharmacist, thinking that I had to keep up with everything uh, to a point where I realized that's not possible anymore. And I think that's instructive to all pharmacists as well, is to be comfortable with the fact that you can't, you know, keep up with everything. And so, but I use those listservs as a way to, you know, to initially gather my reading uh, to be able to deal in the areas that I deal. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I practice in a public health environment part of the time. And so that's, uh, I, you know, I use uh, global health resources, WHO, uh, the CDC, uh, various organizations like that. Uh, Johns Hopkins uh, Bloomberg School of Public Health has a good uh, online uh, listserv. So, so I think that's the key is finding some things like that that help sort of narrow down or sort out for you uh, the information that you that you need. Um, the other thing that's been important in my life, and I think it's a, a key, is actually the national associations that I mentioned. Uh, there's certainly a way to, by belonging to those, to keep yourself kind of in the stream of information that's coming from those various organizations. So. Absolutely. Well, I love love all of those different ways that you mentioned and the point about um, it's okay to not uh, be as knowledgeable about every certain area because once you get into practice, you're you know you're coming out of school and and we've learned so much about so many different topics and then you kind of get in your niche area and uh, so that's really great advice to. Um, make sure you're up on your game on maybe the area where you're practicing, but it's okay um, for, you know, the type A people who are the overachievers that to not know about every single little thing. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, well, what are some of the things well, that excite you about the I think probably the, the biggest thing pharmacy? is the, uh, the expanding roles of pharmacists and, and what different people are developing. Uh, areas of expertise in. Uh, I was reading something just this morning uh, on APHA on one of those listservs with uh, a person uh, exploring the billing mechanism for uh, for durable medical equipment. And so, you know, all the way from that to people going into private practice, I've met pharmacists that, you know, set up an office and do nothing but give vaccinations, immunizations to patients. And so, you know, 30 or 40 years ago when I was a student, we would have really never even have dreamed of such a thing of, of a pharmacist being able to make a full-time job out of just, you know, uh, counseling people and giving immunizations to people. So, so that to me, it's really the variety and the, and then the, uh, sort of the depth to which some people are now able to go in the different 
different specialty areas kind of thing. So, uh, and I think, uh, I think the other thing is that a lot of people now we're talking obviously about the change in like community practice and the whole delivery of medication to individuals. Um, and I think pharmacy, we have to realize that we're still the most important person in deciding how all of that happens. And, uh, and so we, we kind of have to step up and, and be super involved in that and developing and looking at those other ways of, of doing things, of getting patients' medications to them. Absolutely. Um, well, Roger, as our final question, what is some advice that you would tell your younger self and for other pharmacists uh, out there who are just I getting think, started in uh, their learning career? Learning how to learn is so important now. I think... Uh, I think I didn't realize that uh, when I was a young pharmacist. And then I think the other thing is really, um, I guess I would say that once you learn the process of being a pharmacist and taking care of the patient, don't be afraid to change focuses or even complete areas of your practice. Uh, because that process comes down to the same thing, no matter what kind of setting you go in. And so, you know, I mentioned that person doing immunizations all the time. Uh, if you're a pharmacist in an, uh, in an oncology treatment center, or you're a pharmacist in the community pharmacy, or in the general part of a hospital, the process of taking care of patients and being a pharmacist is the same throughout all of those. And I think, uh, gee, you know, that's the other thing I would tell my younger self. I'm like, I've been a pharmacist now 38 years, and I still got hopefully several more to go. And so uh, what are you going to do over that 40-something year career uh, that both will make a difference, but it'll feel like you're always being challenged and uh, and giving all that you can. And so doing that by uh, being willing to, you know, move into a different path, if that's the way you're called, uh, don't be afraid of that. Don't don't be scared of that at all, uh, because you can you've, if you've been given good training, you can do anything with a pharmacy degree that you that you want to uh, any different area of our profession. That, that is such great advice, and uh, I love that uh, you're sharing about, you know, learn how to learn and, um, you know, using that uh, pharmacist-patient care process um, looks the same uh, no matter what area of practice you're in. Um, well, Roger, thanks so much for being a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist to podcast. You, it I, has been a I pleasure hope, talking uh, with you today. Been able to raise the awareness, especially of, um, of the need for things to deal with burnout and to improve our professional resiliency today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. 
And if you're needing CE, TheraWorks Relief has a CE available through Pharmacy Times. Be sure to check it out. It's the end of the year and people are needing those CEs before they renew their licenses. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 